Hello, and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brendan and Randy Lee. Good to be with you two, as usual. Good to always be with you. You have a butterfly in your shirt today. Our yes, grandson loves butterflies. I do. People can't see it, but it's just a lovely butterfly. It is. In fact, somebody said to me yesterday, I was at Aldi's in the park, and I said, that's a cool shirt. So, you know, I wore this two days in a row. I guess I just gave that away. There you go. Um we're going to talk about, this is the topic today Randy gave me, strange graces. Strange graces, that is that is exactly the topic. So, obviously, this is yet another show that I have no <laughs> understanding of. Um, but I, Brenda and I were, were out at Fort Hunter Day, and we ran into Dan Delp, um, old friend from way back. Dan is, in fact, one of my favorite people to mop floors with. Dan and I go way back as, <laughs> as floor moppers together. Um, you can find Dan on Facebook at Dan Delp. Imagine that, right? And he has these short little encouraging posts every day. So a great place to go if, if you're looking for light, looking for hope. Anyway, three and a half years ago, Dan was diagnosed with bone cancer. Right. And he's had the cancer in his, his liver, lungs, right, in his neck, jaw, somewhere in that area. Now they've got it so it's just in his bones, right? Just in his bones. Like bone cancer is mm-hmm. viciously painful, right? Very, very aggressive, right? Um, the cancer has left his bones so brittle he can break a rib bending over. Oh, my. Right? When they first diagnosed Dan, they gave him a year to live. So he's now at three and a half, you know, so so praise God. But his body really gets beat up, right? Um, but, but Dan and I are talking, and Dan says, Randy, this cancer is a grace. Wow. What do you even do with that, right? Yeah. Dan, this cancer is beating the snot out of you, right? Your 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 body, right? And and Dan's like, "Randy, what difference does that make? I'm not planning on taking my body with me, right? Mm. I might as well use it up, get my money's worth." <laughs> the healing we really need is of the spirit. Yes. And I have that. Dan's like, "You know, when you die, the people around you will know you're dead, right? But you won't. Yeah. When you die, you'll just find you're still living. Yeah. Right? Rich Mullins, in fact, used to sell a sweatshirt on his on his merch table. On the front, it said, live like you'll die tomorrow. And on the back, it said, die like you'll live forever. Mm-hmm. Right? And and Dad had this... I like that. Yeah. Dan had this very profound observation. He said... You can only be afraid of death while you're living. You can only be afraid of death while you're living. After you die, you may have some concerns about eternal life, but you won't be fearing death, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like jumping into a cold swimming pool. The concepts, the, the preludes, the prep may be disquieting. The initial shock. Exactly. But once you're in, you're in, right? You know, let me just say this, because I've heard this many times, that those who have gone through an after-death experience, mm-hmm. recall, okay, their heart stop, whatever, and they come back, mm-hmm. they're not afraid to die. Mm-hmm. Universally, that's what they say. Yeah. No, I mean... Here's an interesting thing to be afraid of, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so Dan was saying, he starts every day, God, what do you want me to know today? 
not what do you want me to do today? And yes, doing is important, but mm-hmm. the doing has to be done in the right spirit. And you can't be in the right spirit if your head isn't screwed on right, right? So every morning, Dan starts out, Father, what do you want me to, to know today? And then he waits, and the first response is always the same. I want you to know that I love you, mm-hmm. right? Guys breaking ribs, bending over, three and a half years into bone cancer, what's God want him to know? I still love you. Dan, I know you think this cancer changes everything. So I need you to know, to understand that it changes nothing. I still love you, right? The thing, the thing that we get, the thing that we worry about. Yeah is that God doesn't love us anymore, right? Things happen and, and, and he's coming back every day and he says, here's how I want you to start your day. You need to know that I still love you. We have to remember too that God doesn't use the same measuring stick as we do. You know, like what we value, what we base that on, mm-hmm. your worth, what do you do for a living? How much are you worth? Mm-hmm. That's not how God sees us. Um, it's it's interesting that you would say that, right? <laughs> Um, what was that yesterday's gospel? Pretty much, right? Um, I can't comprehend that God was no would know where I was at, and knowing that would bend down on earth and say to me, "Randy, I need you to know I still love you." Right? We used to to follow up on what you're saying, Eleanor. We use the same verb love to describe our relationship with God. And our relationship with ice cream. Yes. Right? And that's the problem. I love God. Mm -hmm. I love ice cream. Seemingly the same thing. But here's what's even more a problem. Is that we use the same verb love to describe our relationship with ice cream and God's relationship with us. Mm -hmm. I love ice cream. God loves me. Those are not the same. Right? Dan said to me, do you know why Jesus came in the flesh? Right. And I'm like, of course not. Because at this point in the conversation with Dan, (laughs) I know that I know nothing. Right. So Dan says, Jesus came in the flesh so he could know how you feel. Mm. Not how people feel, not how people feel, how you feel. So personal. When you say, when you say to your beloved, I'm anxious, I'm afraid, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, right? Your beloved did not want to settle from some generic, abstract, theoretical idea of how you were feeling. Jesus wanted to know, wants to know deeply and precisely what it means when you say how you feel a particular way, right? So in order to accomplish that, he left heaven, became flesh, and bore every sorrow you will ever have. So now when you say it, when you say, this is how I feel, he knows. He knows what that feels like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, Just fast. Dan said, he, he said to me, Randy, do you know the perfect prayer for spiritual healing. Another test. Right? I, I'm failing them all, right? <laughs> well, but at least I know that there is a perfect prayer, right? Because being Catholic, we believe in perfect prayers, mm-hmm. right? So there, you got to get the right saint, the right novena, the right prayer. And Dan said, perfect prayer for healing. Help me. Oh. Help me, Jesus. Yeah. And if you think about, think about it, 
how much the Our Father is just Daddy, help me. Yeah. Right? Tess Hamill said the other day on, on Fortress 1230, what parent will not pick up their child when their child is stretching out their arms to them? Right. Right? Rich Mullins has, you know, Mommy, help me. Daddy, help me. Rich Mullins has this, this song, Hold Me, Jesus. Hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. Right? And And perfect prayer. And I think a lot of this is the way we approach p- prayer. You know, mm-hmm. I think before we even pray, I think you have to compose yourself and visualize yourself at the throne of Jesus. And he's waiting to hear and listen to every single word that you're saying. You know, I think we say a prayer here or say a prayer there, which is, you know, pray throughout the day. But you really should come and you're right at the throne of Jesus, and it's that one-on-one. You know what helps me? Because what I tend to do when you say to put us at the throne of Jesus, you know, put at the throne of the Father, I, you can put him way up on this pedestal, and I fear to approach him. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of fear that we retain mm-hmm. through childhood. So I try to think about Mary, is it Mary Magdalene, I'm not sure, who is at the feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. You know, just at his feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, that visual helps a little oh, bit yeah. too. You know, you, you think about it's so funny. You would say that that visual helps you because you think of some sitting at someone's feet and you think that's not a vision of love. You know, like oh, you know, I'm I'm above you, and and that that is the vision of love, right? And we just you know to go back a little bit that Jesus would, God would start today saying, I need you to know I still love you is like completely beyond my ability to comprehend that. Right. Do I believe it's true? Certainly. Do I even begin to comprehend that my circumstances are not the barometer by which to measure God's love for me? No. Right. I mean, I think about Dan and I think, Lord, I bent over and broke a rib today. This doesn't feel the way I had hoped love mm. would feel, mm. right? And and God God understands that, and and He comes back and He says, "That's why I need to start this day telling you, I love you." Right? This the circumstances may confuse you, but they don't change the way that I feel about you, right? And Tess Hamill was also saying, we read scripture all wrong, right? This is just my day for spiritual failure, right? <laughs> Everywhere you go, right? When we read it, we study it, we rely on our own understanding. And she said, Tess said, we need to be as a little child. And when we need scripture, we need to crawl up in our father's lap and mm. say, Daddy, can you read this to me? Holy Spirit, can you read to me? Right. Can you read to me so I can understand? Right. And and it's just not, can I get through the Bible in X amount of time or can I get through my chapter today or whatever? Yeah. You know, it's what do a child or parent do at night? You know, maybe I could read the book myself, but I want my father or my mother to read it to me and hold me mm-hmm. so that I can understand the fullness of what I was reading. It, it's Kind of, we we keep coming back in this this show to the prodigal son story and this line that you love, which is a great line, 
right? And he came to himself, yeah. right? And he came to himself. But what we need to remember is that you can't come to yourself until you first come to the end of yourself. Mm. When when your obsession with yourself yeah. turns out to be emptiness, that's when you can really come to who God authentically created you and to be. And boy, the world does not want you to find out. No, no. They don't want you to come to the end of yourself. That's for sure. All right, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show with Brendan and Randy Lee, so stay tuned. back with the family show with Brendan Randy Lee. We were talking about strange graces, but we want to now move into strange what? Revelation. Okay. Strange revelations, right? So so another thing that, that Dan said that, that really blew me away, right? He said, Randy, I can tell you what God smells like. Not where people normally take private revelation. I, I've never, I, I heard the voice I saw, right? Yeah, but I heard, I heard I, right? The, the word, I felt. right? Nobody ever, right? I felt his hand on my shoulder, right? But nobody ever said I experienced the smell of God before, right? But, but hey, everything this guy is saying is completely over my head. So, so why stop now? Like, Dan, just let it rip, right? So, so Dan says, I was in prayer when suddenly, I could smell chrism oil. Mm-hmm. I could smell chrism oil. And I knew it was God. And I knew it wasn't just the oil they use for sacraments. But it was the oil they use to anoint a king. Mm. I knew I was in the presence of royalty. Wow. wow. And then I knew, Randy, you cannot be God's servant unless you first allow God to be your king. Wow. Right? How yes. many of us, right? I mean, yeah. how many of us, me, like first in line, how many of us say we want to serve God, right? but we want to be in charge, yeah. right? As we're serving, which is not servitude, right? right. You can't be in charge while you're serving. Can I please still be in the inner circle? Exactly. <laughs> I want to be on the senior leadership team, right? (laughs) It's fascinating dynamic, right? Dan was taking me through the prophets, you know, of the Babylonian exile, right? And they all say the same thing. God's saying, I still love you. I want to bring you home. But the journey home has to pass through exile. Right. It's like mm-hmm. 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear not or do not be afraid, yeah. but only if, right, fear not, do not be afraid, but only if we trust in him. Yeah. Right. Don't trust in him. Fear's okay. If you're trusting in him, right. then, then you don't need to be afraid. Mm-hmm. If you trust me, take my path, I will get you home. I want you to get home. Right. But if you abandon my path, if you seek the aid of the Egyptians or the Ethiopians or the idols or the false gods, or you lead yourself into battle, then you cannot find your own way home. Right? Wow. 
Let me be king and trust in my love. Right? You look at the Bible, God has this incredible ability to bring all the missing pieces, all the loose ends together. Right? You look at the life of Joseph, son of Jacob, technicolor dream coat guy. God needs him to go to Egypt, right? To save the world from starvation. How does God do it? A dream. Oh, before? Well, yeah, that's that actually is the catalyst. You're exactly right, Ellen. That's the catalyst. Yeah, he gives up. him this dream, which results in 11 jealous brothers. Right? Oh, I got through. I'm thinking Joseph. I'm sorry. I'm daydreaming. Go yeah. back. And, and these <laughs> the 11. Other had a dream the too. other Joseph. They, they're all, okay. Joseph dreams. They're all right. coming together. right? So he, Joseph's got these 11 jealous brothers. They sell him into slavery. Right. But getting Joseph into Egypt isn't enough. God's got to get Joseph into Paris, Pharaoh's palace. How does God do that? In prison, right? Exactly. He sends Joseph to prison, where Joseph interprets the dream of the royal cupbearer, right. who promptly forgets all about Joseph, right. right? And Joseph continues to rot in prison, right? But here's the deal. If the cupbearer immediately excuse me, goes to Pharaoh's, Pharaoh upon his release and says, I met this guy in prison, he mm-hmm. interprets dreams, also allegedly attempted to rape Potiphar's wife, but he's a good guy, right? Right? Do you think Joseph gets out of prison? But if the cupbearer tells Pharaoh when Pharaoh is desperate to have a dream interpreted... Okay, because wait, you wait till Pharaoh's desperate, got it. That's okay. a good, Pharaoh's desperation mm-hmm. is what opens the yeah, door to get yeah. a different outcome. Right. Right? Joseph's path to saving the world and healing his family traveled through slavery, defamation, betrayal, abandonment, and prison. Should that tell us God ever stopped loving Joseph? What a great example. No, because he loved him in every one of those circumstances, even though I'm thinking, like, if I were Joseph, which I'm not, um, I would think, I'm abandoned. Mm-hmm. My brothers abandoned me. I'm in a country I don't know. I'm in prison. I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. This guy was going to help me get out. I'm still in here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And yet all of that turns out to be the perfect route to God's plan. Right. Yeah. Take Moses before he has to leave the he lead the Hebrew people, um, you know, out of out of Egypt and, and into the promised land. Right. There are three phases in Moses's life. Right. He spends his first two years in a Jewish home under the eye and care of his sister, Miriam. Mm-hmm. Right. He is then orphaned into Pharaoh's palace where he grows up. Then he flees into the wilderness where he wanders around in the wilderness for 40 years in exile. So what happens? God calls Moses to lead the um, Jewish people out of Egypt and into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And in this calling, what three environments does Moses need to function in? He's got to know Pharaoh's palace. Yeah. He's got to lead the people in the wilderness. And so he, he has to know the desert, right? Exactly. So he's given him right. a skill set. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and three, and this is the one I always miss, but three, he needs to work with the Jewish people relying on his sister Miriam's help. Right. All three contexts, all three environments, Moses needs to be able to function in. God has already led him through. Does exile, being orphaned, mean God stopped loving Moses? Wow. Right? Right. You look at all this, 
and and you say, you know, I mean, Dan said cancer is a grace. Is cancer a grace? Is slavery a grace? Is defamation, betrayal, abandonment, imprisonment, are those graces? Is, is being orphaned a grace, exiled, nomadic? And my answer is, I don't know, <laughs> right? But do any of them mean God isn't with you? No. Right? Joseph looked back on his life and he said, what looked to be for bad, God has used for good. Yeah. Right? What God promised, Romans 8, 28, Joseph said, God makes all things for good Mm -hmm. for those who trust in him. Yeah. Wow. I mean, don't you have moments where you look back on your life and say, well, I'm kind of glad that happened now. Mm -hmm. At the time. At the time, you hate every speck of it. Every speck of it. And, you know, I'm always saying that to my kids in the present moment. Just be in the present moment, ask for God's help, and just... Move through it. And trust him. And trust him. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know who will tell you that the worst day of their life and the best day of their life are actually the same day? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I can think of of things that happened to me and at the time it happened, I'm thinking to myself, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Ten years later, I look back on that experience and go, man, so many things opened up to me because that happened. You know, that God wrenched that thing out of my hands to give me what I really needed. Yeah. Right. Um, Rich Mullins grew up on a farm, right? Hated it, was not very good at it. He had real problems with his dad. He and his dad would be out planting trees. They tried growing everything, but eventually they settled on tree farming, right? And Rich would say to his dad, Dad, I think I'm a prophet. And his dad would say, (laughs) shut up and dig the next hole, right? (laughs) Rich ultimately gets off the farm. He makes his way in Christian music, gets a call one day, Rich, we're putting together an agricultural mission trip to Thailand. Do you know anyone who might be a good fit? Rich is like me. Mm-hmm. Guys like Rich, I know your heart's in the right place, but we need people with agricultural expertise. Rich is like, I grew up on a farm that tried and failed with every cash crop you can imagine. Guys like Rich, that's great, but we really need someone with very specialized expertise. Do you know anyone who knows anything <laughs> about planting and harvesting trees oh my for profit? Wow. Right? And here's the best part. When God finished bringing this whole journey around of Rich in the farm, right? He didn't just show Rich that it was good he learned to plant trees. He also showed Rich that when his dad told him, shut up and dig the next hole, <laughs> his dad wasn't really saying, I don't believe in your dreams or you got to be a farmer or you're a failure or I wish I had a son I could love. He was actually saying in his own way, I value you, my son, so much. And I want you to know whatever you do for God, work hard, stay focused and live in the current moment. Mm -hmm. And if you do, God will bring the current moment around for his purpose and he will get you home. Wow. Mm. That's just amazing, isn't it? I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Shut up and dig the next hole. (laughs) I like it. Shut up and dig the next hole. I think it's... And God will get you out of it. Yes. It's amazing. That that, that's just, you know, it's just a matter of Trusting, like we always there it go goes. back Does it to always that, come back don't to we? Trust. We always say, "Why well, do we like why do, do we everything panic? else when it's 
It's trust. Right. I look like one inch beyond my nose and think I see the whole big picture. And then, of course, I panic because I can't see the big picture. There was a, a, a really fun song that was out not too long ago. Blessings in disguise. Grace is, it could be graces in disguise. But we just got to be patient. Yep. It's like like time. you guys said, yep. you just got to trust in God. Because yep. mm-hmm. when you start the day, the number one thing you got to remember, he still loves you. Whatever your circumstances may whisper to you, he still loves you. That's why it's so important you. to start the day with quiet. Yes. And it just as Dan says, what do you want me to know today? What a perfect, oh. instead of what do you want me to do, what do you want me to know? And just then just shut up. I love that. And I'm yeah. I'm so typically more like the, what do you want me to do? Can mm-hmm. I do something? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can't sit still. Can I do something? Yeah. No, what do you, you want me to know? You mentioned Mary at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And you sit at the feet of your beloved and you just wait for them to say, mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. You know, and I need you to know that. Yeah. One of the best things about adoration. Yes. You know, yes. it's just, I, I call it sunbathing. Mm-hmm. S-O-N. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Because, you know, you you sit there and, you know, you really can't do anything. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, go up and polish the... You just think about it. You think about it, but it's no, you you be in the presence of God and just pray for the grace, you know, whatever God wants you to know. And exactly. Let him speak to you. We're out of time. We are again, but we invite you all to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for the family show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brendan and Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman. We leave you with a beautiful sound of seasons. Mm-hmm.